The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and others on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of our Taylor Swift episode. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned in the end of our last episode, we definitely realized that we could both talk about Taylor Swift for a very long time. (laughs) So we have now split this up in two parts. If you have just found this part two episode and you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and listen. You'll Mm -hmm. hear our takes on the beginning of her career all the way through 1989. Yes. now we will start with reputation yeah which is the turn of the taylor swift century (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a pretty fair way of saying that it really is it's kind of like her i hope it's not like the middle of her career but it's like her midlife yeah career switch a huge turning point oh definitely so I have post notifications on for Taylor Swift, which means I get notified when she posts, right? I'm sitting in a marketing class during school in the morning, just casually minding my business, right? And then I get a notification that Taylor Swift posted and she had recently wiped her Instagram. And I was like, oh boy, what is Mm -hmm. happening? And what is it? It is a little animated thing of a snake tail. And oh my gosh, I did not focus for the rest of that <laughs> class because of that single snapshot of a snake tail. I was just like, oh boy, something is coming. Oh, something yeah. is coming. And I was, I, I feel like still that is the most iconic comeback ever. Oh, for sure. The entire world was talking about her. Oh, Yeah. And, like, the way she just claimed that oh, and, yeah. like, put that, like, owned up to the role. Like, there's just no other way to come back from being the, like, most hated pop star. To come back and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I am a snake. Here's me. Here's it was iconic. Just iconic. Best move she could have made. So, yeah, here starts the Reputation era, which, like, Reputation, the perfect name for that album. Oh, yeah. And everything about it was perfect. Like, mm-hmm. the newsprint cover, the black oh, yeah. and white. Like, oh, my gosh. It could go on and on and on. Even just about the music video, look what you made me do. I could talk forever. And you want to know, this is a very random side tangent here, but I always wonder, like, what album she would have put out if the scandal didn't happen. Ooh. You know, because I don't... This is, I think, when you're on your mission. Mm-hmm. But she dyed her hair bleach blonde. It was a look. I personally think it was a look. Yeah. I love Taylor Swift with bleached hair. Killed it. Loved it. I think that's a little, you know, 
controversial look in no, the fandom. No, I liked it. I thought it I was loved great. it. <clears throat> but like you know, she always switches her hair up before a new era. So like with the bleached hair, it was like, oh my gosh, something new is coming. But then like that, I feel like was right hmm. when it all hit the fan. Yeah, that's super interesting. So wait, was her hair blonde before the scandal? Taylor Swift bleached her hair in 2016. Okay. In April. So when did <laughs> when did Taylor Swift get canceled? Is what I'm going to Google. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, this is a think piece of Taylor Swift was never really canceled, but she likes to pretend she was. I don't even need to read that. That's yeah. super annoying. You said yes, she the was. Hashtag Taylor Swift is over party was trending on Twitter. She was canceled. Yes. Uh, yeah. I yeah. feel like she was like the original, like, big canceled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I feel like that's the first time I remember, like, a huge celebrity like that, like, getting canceled. And, like, that's kind of like. Then when, like, canceled became, like, this term that we all, like, use yeah. and know. Well, I'd say she's probably, she's one of the few of, like, mainstream celebrities that still has, like, had that happen. Because most of the time it's, like, YouTube stars. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the whole That's James true. Charles and then Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star, if you're up on all of that, <laughs> then that is kind of more common. But I think she's one of the only mainstream Um, media stars to have those kind of things happen yeah so true also i i was able to find it it looks like that in july of 2016 is when the taylor swift is over party was trending on twitter so okay she dyed her hair before yes so who knows what bleach ella would have turned into and also let's just talk about the music video for like what you made me do oh my god because okay the easter eggs right but listen in the final scene or i think there is she's standing on an airplane that says ts6 she has a chainsaw and she chops off the tail the wing of the plane yeah so it's like she's destroying what ts6 would have been and now it's reputation huh oh maybe no definitely (laughs) that's super interesting i wonder Mm -hmm. if we'll ever maybe we have heard like songs from that's true maybe we've heard them or maybe like maybe that's why she wrote folklore so fast (laughs) i know (laughs) (laughs) she was like actually this is the album i was gonna release but yeah she's like i've had this sitting here forever (laughs) (laughs) but we're just gonna pretend that i wrote it all in quarantine no (laughs) yep (laughs) oh that's really interesting um i never even thought about that yeah anyways very random little side note that i just felt like i wanted to no i enjoy it yeah now i'm like crap it's the lost taylor swift album i know and who knows like maybe there was just a couple songs and she just had the vision of what it was going to be and i feel like i would have been here for a bleached hair taylor swift era yeah i'm kind of now i'm like wondering i'm like what does bleached hair go hand in hand with like who knows we will never know what would have been if it wasn't for reputation but i personally am very thankful that reputation happened oh agreed reputation is a really wonderful album it it sometimes is my favorite one i had it in my top three but sometimes it just 
it's just my favorite. It's so good. Well, the songs on there are just like I know, and the production of it phenomenal is. I feel mm-hmm. like that's just like right up my alley. I mean, some people's critiques of it is like that it feels like a little bit forced or that she's like putting on a character, but. I feel like that's what Taylor Swift does so well. And I think people don't realize that for each era, she was kind of putting on a character, you know? Yeah. Like that's kind of who she is. That's what she does. She puts on characters. Mm -hmm. Like blank space was a character. (laughs) Like she, yeah, she fully embraces every single Mm -hmm. album and like becomes the character for every song. Um, that's what she does. The um, look what made look what you made me do um, song and music video. It was number one on Billboard, mm-hmm. and then um, had 19 million views in the first 24 I'm hours. I'm pretty sure that broke so. the record at the time for the most views in 24 hours. Yeah, it was insane, and it is such a good music oh, video. Like if you haven't best. watched that in a go while, go watch it again and like feel the impact <laughs> <back>. of it. <laughs> And, like, look up the – I watched, like, a video at the time of, like, all the Easter oh, yeah. eggs. Because, like, because I was gone for a lot of the scandals, I didn't quite get all of the references mm-hmm. to a lot of the stuff that she was talking about. But, holy cow. Like, she packed it in there. I know. There. <laughs> I feel like my favorite moment of it is when she is, like, in, like, that wax doll factory. Like – with her mm-hmm. the squad and I I just think that's so hilarious because I think what she does so well is she puts on display what people says about her and like see how ridiculous this is you know and mm-hmm. she did it with blank space of being like okay let, let me act this way and yeah. show you how ridiculous that is and then she did it with this music video where she was like okay yeah here is me in my bathtub of diamonds here is me creating my friends to make them perfect you know what I mean like and I think that's Mm -hmm. like what it was so good at it and I don't think a lot of people like realized or even still realize that she's that smart you know and like that it is so much of the act of her just like knowing what she's doing like sometimes I wish people were like she can't sing her music is dumb or whatever it's like okay whatever go look at the Mm -hmm. lyrics like you cannot look at like some of those lines in the lyrics and be like she doesn't have any talent I know because some of these are just like insane like no one would think about that I know and I think too like the with the look what you made me do music video just shows like how detail oriented right and like how like the symbolism and and it kind of goes back to like what we talked about, like making a brand of yourself where mm-hmm. that's what she's done. And like, I eat it up. And like that music video, I I remember I was <laughs> living. Yeah. in one of, well, I was living in an apartment. Yes. I had a bunch of roommates. And so I was dating my husband at the time. Well, he was my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It's now very romantic that we've now been through three album releases together for Taylor Swift. Oh, so, so cute. nice. <laughs> and anyways, when Look What You Made Me Do came out, I was like watching the music video on my phone and my jaw dropped. I think the song actually came out before the music video. I can't remember if it came out the same night, but I remember the first time I listened to it. And then there comes that iconic line of, oh, she's dead. And I literally was mm-hmm. like, ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? What was that? <laughs> I, 
It was so good. It was so good. And here's the other thing. Okay, another thing that I just need to say about Taylor Swift. Okay, is that I realized that with all of her lead singles, she has something that can become a meme. Because in with Red, it was the oh he calls me up and he's like I still love you and I'm like this is exhausting you know like right there's that little talking bit then there's shake it Mm -hmm. off with my ex-man brought his new girlfriend or even like you could have been getting on to this sick beat then look what you made me do comes in with the oh she's dead which is the most iconic of them all and then even with lovers skipping ahead briefly with the me song of hey kids spelling is fun like each of those times, it's been different levels of effective, but what they have done is they've, they're like, for one thing, it's her kind of making fun of herself in each one, I think, but also it's her mm-hmm. just being like, okay, well, I'm going to find a way to make sure people talk about my song. So it's almost like putting in that meme moment, you know, and, and that was mm-hmm. a meme forever of like the, oh, she's dead. She's like, she can't come to the phone right now. She's dead. There were different variations of that all over the internet. And so it just goes back to like another way of showing how smart she is, where I think she knows that if she puts something like that in a lead single, even if people aren't in love with the song, they're going to talk about it. And so then everyone's going to know that a new album's coming or that something new is coming. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. She's really, really clever (laughs) in so many ways with what she does. Like you have to like admire her business mind, Um, if nothing else, the like she knows how to do this yeah Um, definitely um apparently i just looked it up and they um have labeled like look what made look what you made me do with the like music video and the song is one of the most successful and memorable comebacks of all time it was a reset (laughs) a pop culture reset let's be honest (laughs) i also feel like though like with those little spoken things like it shows like she take she does not take herself seriously like too which we've talked Mm-mm. about a lot but like with shake it off like with that thing of like this sick beat like the amount of times i've heard of like huh it's not even that sick of a beat and it's like i don't think if you said that to taylor swift she'd be like what <laughs> that's not the sickest yeah. beat you've ever heard like she knows you know <laughs> like that's yeah. the point no <laughs> Like a shake it off the. Whole, I don't think we talked about that a whole lot, but the whole music video is her like making fun yeah. of the fact that everyone kept saying that she couldn't dance, mm-hmm. and so she made a whole music video of her like not really being able to dance. Yeah. Like, of her being like, <laughs> that's kind of the point. Yeah. yeah. No. So yeah, she definitely like she grabs onto all of the criticisms and just kind of embraces them and lets them become a part of her, because mm-hmm. it's like what's. The, the point in fighting everything which then so goes much. back to her con- like claiming the snake right mm-hmm. and like the fact oh my gosh and i think that's yeah. a cool even like lesson of like if someone's like saying something to you like own it you know like i mean obviously there's yeah. levels to do that because i'm definitely guilty of being that person who's like i'm gonna say mean things about myself before anyone else can say it so i'm in control and that's stupid and unhealthy don't do yeah. that but <laughs> But, like, the fact that she's, like, the whole world is calling me a snake. So, yeah, I am a snake. And then it's, like, okay, if people flood her Instagram comments with snakes, it's, like, congratulations, you are now helping my brand. Like, you are yeah. giving me what I want. And I 
I think it's so cool that she just claimed that and turned it into the whole vibe of reputation. Oh, and it it really it worked. It worked. Um. Yes, that's the other thing. And I feel like it's the only way she could have come back successfully. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think being the person that she was, she knew yes. that, that that was the only way it was going to work to come back fully embracing everything. Mm-hmm. Instead of being, like, hurt and bitter about it, she, like, completely took control of the situation and was like, fine, okay, you say I'm a snake, guess what? Snake is now my brand. Like, that's what we're doing. And also, Reputation was a success. It was a t- the top-selling album of 2017, even though it came out in November. came out November 10th, mm-hmm. 2017. It sold a million copies in the first week, and it was her fourth consecutive albums to do so. And also, like, just to point out the fact that at that time, it's crazy for an album to sell that much nowadays, especially because streaming is such a thing. Like, and in 2017, it was too. And I, so the fact that she, like, her album sold a million copies in the first week, like, that's, that's pretty unheard of, honestly. Oh, sure. Yeah, it definitely shows, like how ready everyone was for it and like how good it really was that it was able to do that yeah and then their reputation tour was the highest grossing tour in united states which is crazy especially because i think she talked about it in the miss americana i think she talked about it in the documentary where there was a lot of right right when the ticket sales came out and they were like announced that there was going to be a stadium tour there were so many articles about like taylor swift is no longer relatable and her low stadium ticket sales prove it or like there were so many things of like just anticipating that this tour was going to be a flop and that no one was going to want to go and that it was going to be a waste and then what do you know highest grossing tour in u.s history and it was on Netflix. And it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it on Netflix. <laughs> and um, also at this time is also um, the sexual assault case. Yes. That she was involved in. That was kind of everywhere. So essentially what happened is back in the red era. So about 2012, 2013, I think. Um, there was a radio host or something like that who reached under her skirt and touched her butt um at a radio show radio signing something and um immediately afterwards she told someone on her team what had happened and then they told and eventually eventually essentially it led to him being fired um so then later on he sued her for i guess kind of like being the reason why he lost his job and like you know so he sued her for what he should have gotten paid i imagine and she yeah. countersued him for one dollar um which obviously was much more of just like a statement you know but i but i think it was it was really powerful that she did that and that she was able to kind of take that stand against yeah what had happened to her and someone calling her a liar for that no, definitely. And I think it kind of showed that, like, she wasn't willing to put up with anyone's crap anymore. Yeah. She was, like, standing up for herself and saying, like, no, like, I'm tired of, like, being called a liar. I'm tired of everyone saying this. Like, I'm telling the truth. Yeah, this and is what happened. Yeah. Like, I don't even need any money. Like, whatever. A dollar. Yeah. But, like, you're wrong. So, it's powerful. And I, I don't know if you have, but, like, I've gone through and you can... Like, there's little snippets, like, just articles and stuff from, like, 
the court case, the way she was interrogated of like, well, why didn't you react or why didn't you do this? And she was like, and like her point is pretty much like, because I like I was there. I couldn't freak everyone out. Like I was like mm-hmm. there as the performer, but she did take care of it appropriately. You know, like she went and told someone immediately after it had happened and like just said and uh, I just it just uh, like when you read it, it just makes you so upset of like the way they're incriminating her of like, why would have she made that up? Like what? Yeah. What would did she have to gain from making up that story even, you know, and mm-hmm. And there's even like pictures and like there's people from that day who would be like, yeah, she told me that this happened and still it was put into called to question, which is just is just not right. Yeah, definitely. But she won. Yeah, she did. And was named the time silence breaker for person of the year. Yes, because 2017 is like when the Me Too movement really started and so yeah the person of the year that year was just the silence breakers and taylor swift was featured as one of those because of what happened and i also think it's cool too because when like it came out that she won she like went on social media and kind of made this statement of like she recognizes that like she's in a very privileged place to be able to like counter sue and you know pay for lawyers and like you know i mean it's expensive and to, to deal with lawyers and to deal with the legal system and so but she also talked about how she like made a very generous um donation to different organizations that help support victims of sexual assault and everything so I think that's really cool I feel like she was able to help bring awareness to yeah a situation but also kind of like acknowledge like the position that she was in you know definitely no I think that's a really good point and then uh when did Miss Americana come out the documentary i was just trying to think it was in january of this year okay which is crazy the like that feels so long ago i know i seriously thought it was like last year yeah it yeah it feels like it but no it was almost (laughs) a year ago but it was in january okay so lover came out for yes lover came out i think lover came out august of 2019 Mm -hmm, that sounds right so yeah Next comes out the lover, lover era. Lover era. I love the lover era. <laughs> I love the lover era too. I ranked it really low on my album rankings, but as an era, I loved it. Like, yeah. I love the aesthetic. I love her whole vibe. Mm-hmm. She seemed very happy. Yes, she, she did. She seemed very herself. I think that's part of the reason why I love the era so much. Not necessarily the music. Mm-hmm. But just, like, after Reputation, which was kind of, like, dark and angsty and everything, it was her just being, like, bubblegum pink again, you know? Like, it was an explosion of, like, color and kind of cheesy lyrics sometimes and just, like, fun. Yeah. Like, she just fully embraced a little bit more of, like, a pure kind of element to it. Yeah. Well, I love... Because, like, the me music video, which was the beginning of this new era, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it starts out with a little pastel snake slithering. Yeah. And then it explodes into butterflies. And when I saw that, I was just like, yeah! <laughs> like, this is going to be so good. <laughs> and it was. It, was it really was. Um, there's a lot of really good songs on here. I wasn't a huge fan of me no 
It still was my most listened to song in 2019. Really? Yes. That's funny. I'm a loyal fan. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't think I like listened to it that much. Um, I'm not a, a huge fan of her singles. Most of the time I prefer other songs yeah, true. on the album. But like there's some really good ones in here. Obviously, Lover, the title track, is beautiful. I think that is... I think it gets a little bit underrated because it kind of came out as a single, but I think that's like mm-hmm. one of that might be like the best love song maybe she's ever written. Yeah. And it's a waltz, yes. which I think is just really wonderful. So it's like a perfect dancing song, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just very romantic and very cute. And honestly, like, come on, one of the best wedding songs yeah. you could ever think of for sure. I actually, so the night that it came out, is my roommate's wedding, one of my best friends. And um, afterwards, I was driving home because I was a bridesmaid. So Jordan and I drove separate just because I was there all day and I helped to stay and clean up after. So I was driving home and I was like, <laughs> I was so anxious because I knew this song was coming out. And so I was so excited to get in my car so I could listen to it because I'm a really good friend that way, you know, <laughs> super <laughs> excited to leave the wedding. Um, but then I was listening to it and I listened to it the whole drive home, which is about like what, 30, 45 minutes. And I was just like crying. And then I get home. I was like, Jordan, 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 Jordan. Like, I'm like, just stop what you're doing. Come here, come listen to this song with me. And I was just like crying. Like it just brought such an emotional response. And I feel like the way she like captures just like love, you know, in it. Like, the chorus is the simplest lyrics of, like, can I go where you go? Can we always be this close? Which is, like, mm-hmm. an objectively, like, you know, it's a simple lyric, but, like, it's just so pure. It's and it's just a yeah. pure declaration of just love. It's really beautiful. And the bridge. Ugh, with oh, all the wedding. Perfect. Ugh, I just. It's so good. It's so, I wish I could get married again. Just so it could be my first dance. <laughs> seriously it would be a good one um one of my favorite stories about taylor swift writing a song actually came from lover Ooh, um it's death by a thousand cuts yeah which is like the coolest thing and i don't feel like that many people know how that came about um but like she wrote the song in response to a movie mm-hmm. that the screenplay was written in response to one of her songs. It's like the coolest little inception yeah. thing. It was clean. That's my favorite Taylor so, Swift song. So yeah, the song "Clean," which is phenomenal, and is on the 1989 album, mm-hmm. if I'm right. Yeah, right. And then the director Jennifer Caden Robinson. She directed, wrote, and produced the 2019 film Someone Great. I like that movie. It was a good Netflix mm-hmm. movie. It was. And in the movie, she's, like, writing a bunch about, like, her ex. And the whole thing's kind of about her ex. And, like, flashbacks of them, like, falling in love. Mm-hmm. And then flashbacks, like, flash-forwards to the present of her trying to get over the breakup. Yeah. And, um, like, she really kind of captured what a breakup's like. Yeah. <laughs> where you're just, like... Ah, and then like you're fine one second and then you're like crying over and over again and it just like sucks but taylor swift saw the movie and then wrote the song death by a thousand cuts which is probably my favorite song on that album and it's just like such a cool little thing like women inspiring women Mm -hmm. to like create things in this little chain and how cool for the director to like 
be inspired by a song and then have a song written about her movie. I just, yeah, it's really cool. And I also think it's cool too, because she did a little, little like NPR tiny desk series. And at that, she sang an acoustic version of death by a thousand cuts. And she kind of talked about the fact that she was always a little bit worried that once she found love, she wouldn't be able to write breakup songs anymore. And obviously, Mm. you know, Taylor Swift is kind of known for her breakup songs and her powerful breakup songs and so when she watched this movie and she kind of wrote this song it was kind of like that relief of like I can still write breakup songs even if I'm in a happy well-adjusted relationship yeah and then um obviously Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince oh that's a good one is on there too and also just phenomenal um which inspired the same name for her documentary yes we talked briefly about as well and kind of when she like introduced politics into her brand which was kind of cool and a big deal for her yeah this is the first time that she really started to take on that role you Mm -hmm. know which because I think before she was like "Mm, I'm an entertainer my job isn't to say anything and I mean personally like a lot of people have a problem you know with celebrities like saying anything but I'm like, they're a person in our society, too. Yeah. Like, like they're not really there to be unbiased. Yeah, exactly. That's not really their And point. that's really, you can't really expect that, especially when, like, art is such a part of who we are, you know? So it's like, I feel like how, I don't know. Like, it's so integral yeah. about, like, how you view the world and how, I don't know. Personally, I just don't really agree with that criticism of artists and <laughs> public figures. Because I'm like, they're people, too. Like, she lives in America. Yeah. Like, just because she has a lot more followers on Instagram, that means she can't say her opinions on social media, but you can. I don't know. That's yeah. my personal opinion. No, I agree. And I think it was kind of cool watching the documentary and seeing kind of the debate behind it mm-hmm. where her dad was like, well, remember what happened to the Dixie Chicks? Yeah. And like talking about all the criticism they received when they first came, said something yeah. politic, political. Um and that was kind of why she held off for so long mm-hmm. was like they just were worried it would be the end of her career. Yeah. Like um, it, it says that one thing where like one of her one of the guys in the room is like, what would you say if I said, hey, Taylor Swift, like I have an idea that can cut it, cut the your audience members in half, like for your next tour. Like, would you do it? And and I love this. Sh- like, I think I think it's a turning point, though, because I feel like the priority in Taylor Swift's career maybe before this point was to be have the most people at the tour have the most best-selling album but I think this kind of started a turning point where it was more so about like no because I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I want to say right Mm -hmm. and and maybe more so about that that she was willing to sacrifice having people at her tour I don't know I I, I'm obviously no I get it yeah for her there but that's kind of how I envision of like there was a time where she's like I don't care anymore yeah I kind of think like reputation did a lot of that for her true where it was like well if you have a moment where you think the entire world hates you hates you yeah then you really don't have anything to lose that's true and you can come back from that (laughs) like you can come back from Mm -hmm. a little political post about like endorsing who you hope people will vote for yeah, like to think for a time period that your audience would be nothing and then to hear someone say like, oh, we'll cut your audience in half. I'm sure to her she was kind of like, well, it's better than nobody. Yeah, like <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. 
so oh, that's a really good it's point. a really good yeah and it's a really good documentary she also talks a lot about body image issues yes. which i feel like she had never brought up before and was very interesting because a lot of people were criticizing the fact that her body didn't look like it did when she was 16 when yeah. she got famous mm-hmm. and it's we've talked about this in our our mindy copeland episode but just kind of how like women are expected to maintain these body sizes from when they were young yeah and that's not humanity like bodies change over time that's aging that's how it works no it was really nice to hear her talk about something like that Mm -hmm. and and open up about that and then also she obviously talked a lot about like her need for praise and like validation and also like perfection she's definitely a perfectionist (laughs) I think it's really cool because at the beginning of the documentary, it shows the phone call, you know, where she doesn't get any major Grammy nominations for reputation. And I think it's crazy that it shows that even of like how much she obviously personally grown during the reputation era, like she really put on that as like a measure of her worth, you know, of like, was her work worth anything and was it good enough? And I think that I think the documentary kind of showed a cool progression of her like being really, really sad and just kind of her slowly recognizing, like, no, like, <laughs> that's not what's the most important thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Reputation didn't have any Grammy nominations, and neither did Lover, right? I want to say it might have gotten it for Pop Album, but I don't know for sure. I know that the song Lover got nominated for Song of the Year, which was... But it, but it didn't, didn't win. No, Billie Eilish oh, okay. won. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, which is fair. <laughs> like, Billie Eilish swept yeah. last year, so <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> didn't she like take home five and then her brother got a bunch too for music production yeah yeah they pretty much swept they the swept. grammys they absolutely so. swept it <laughs> well, like i can't really blame no, that it, for it's happening fine. like billy yeah. did deserve but yeah. and i also think another thing that miss americana talks about though is about how women are perceived in the media which goes along with her song the man which is a very mm. clever way of you know, just talking about the fact that, like, all the things that she'd been criticized for her entire career, like, there's just definitely that double standard. Yeah. Of what's expected, you know? And she's talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. She's brought up that, like, everyone writes about past relationships. Yeah. Um, But, like, nobody pays attention to the men that are doing it. Yeah. Well, what I think so funny about that, though, is because I feel like if the if let's just say taylor swift didn't write her own songs right then that would be the criticism point of like taylor swift doesn't even write her own songs right okay so now Mm -hmm. she does write her own songs and she's very personal with them and then now that's on attack too so it's like how (laughs) what's the win here like what should she do then if she's gonna be criticized for writing songs based off of her relationships like what what do you what do you propose as the alternate you know yeah, no, definitely. And it's still the narrative that you hear even now of like, oh, Taylor Swift just writes songs about her boyfriends or about her exes. And it's like, sir, she's been in a healthy relationship for four years. Yeah. Her last two albums have been love songs. Her last three albums have been mostly love songs. <laughs> like, no. They really have. Her yeah. folklore is just fictional stories. So it's not even about her personal life. Let it rest. Just leave it. No, that's such a good point. Anyways. Yeah, it's an interesting criticism that she's gotten the whole time, the whole time that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But no. 
Oh, it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um. Also, I feel like we should note. So, with Lover coming out in 2019, it was also the end of a decade, and she was definitely recognized for her achievements. She got Billboard Woman of the Decade, AMA Artist of the Decade. Also, I feel like we should mention the movie Cats. Did you even watch I it? I did. Oh, okay, I haven't I seen it I saw it, it in theaters. Well, I saw it where we used to live. There's like a cheap movie theater that like you can get movie tickets for like less than $5. And like nice. popcorn for like $2. So you saw it, Cats in the $5 yeah. movie yeah. <laughs> But listen. <laughs> I The song she wrote for it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. I loved beautiful. the song. And it was with Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber. Which is amazing. Which has written some of the greatest musical theater songs of all time. Of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was definitely like a wonderful experience, I'm sure, for her to be able to work on that song with one of the most amazing yeah. songwriters and like have that experience. The movie wasn't very successful. No, it was not. <laughs> but I will say that... This I I obviously have a very biased perspective, but like the song that she sang was uh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, I believe it. <laughs> she sang McCavity, and for like the next week, I would just like randomly bother Jordan with like McCavity, McCavity, and just drive him <laughs> crazy. So I made him see that really with funny. me. It was a, it was a um. The movie was entertaining, and uh, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say, but yeah, <laughs> didn't do too well commercially, but the song was beautiful, uh, uh, and I think it's super cool that she <clears throat> stepped outside of her normal Definitely. Thing. It came out in like December of 2019, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was going to go and see it in the new year, and then by then, like all of the um, criticism and everything had come out, and I was like, uh, we'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> If you're like ever just I don't know in a mood, once it makes its way to Netflix, just watch it. Then I'll It'll watch be an it. experience. If that's where it goes, at the very right? yeah, true. At the very least, I can promise a true experience watching that. Movie. Oh, yeah, a true definitely. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh my gosh! Okay, what a good time! What a good time! But let's before we head into folklore, which mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful folklore. I feel like we should talk about the fact so. A big thing that came out during the Lover era was her battle for her masters and owning her music. Yes. Because she left Big Machine Records, which is the record label that she started out on. The record label that discovered her and, you know, that she helped. Well, she helped build that. She was there for a long time. (laughs) Like, they helped. They they built their careers together, right? Yeah. So, her contract with Big Machine Records ended. And she announced that... It oh, switched ownership, didn't it? Wasn't that like a large part well, of it? Well, here's what happened. So she publicly announced that she was going to be signing with Universal Music Group, I believe, which was all good. She wished nothing but love towards Big Machine and recognized that they you know, helped her a lot in her career. But essentially what it came down to is the reason why she decided to switch is because she wanted to buy back her master's. Now, for a quick lesson for people who don't understand what that is, um, the Masters is essentially the ownership of the actual recording of your songs, um, Mm -hmm. which is a big deal. Now, most of the time, the record label owns the Masters, and that's really common. And truthfully, like it makes sense because the reason why is because the record label is the one who puts forth 
puts forward the money for your songs yeah. to be recorded for you to record exactly them. and so their investment in that is hey we'll pay for it but we do own the master recordings yeah um, and they get a lot of the royalties for they get it a lot of the royalties well. exactly so like it does make sense that record labels do own the masters however taylor swift sounds like she was negotiating and she was trying to offer to buy her masters from big machine um, because obviously who wouldn't want to own their work like yeah that's definitely. like yeah so it totally makes sense my whole point in saying Both that like, it makes ways. sense is why big machine record did own them and it makes sense why that is the business model for record labels but also of course taylor swift would want to own them yeah and at this point like money is not really an object to her so i'm sure she wasn't like skimping out on how much she was offering so. exactly and also too like i'm sure she would have been willing to negotiate and figure out but basically what it came down to though is Big Machine pretty much told her that if they signed a new deal with her, she would essentially like earn back the masters, but she would have to keep putting out more records in order to earn it back. Didn't seem like something she'd want to be a part of, but this new deal said that, hey, you will own your masters. So she chose to invest in her future and own her future catalog rather than have to continue to always pay back, you know, which I can totally understand. Mm -hmm. So she signs this new deal leaves nothing but love for big machine seems like it's a very you know mutually fine separation but then it comes out that scooter braun purchases big machine records which scooter braun was the manager for kanye west when he put out the music video for famous which <laughs> featured <laughs> yes i didn't know that I'm, well yeah i'm like 99 percent sure about that part Oh, I believe uh, yeah, you. Yeah. But if you don't know what the famous music video was, um, it depicted a lot of famous people as wax naked figurines. So, like, I personally really would not like the man who, like, okayed a wax, you know, a naked portrayal of me, like, to own my entire life's yeah. work. And also... And they were, like, really realistic yes, wax figures. very realistic. Too. Yeah. And there was also a lot of things where it was just really obvious that Taylor Swift did not like Scooter Braun. And she talks about... So she made a very public statement pretty much just saying that, like, you know, she thought Scott Brichetta, who was the... Brichetta? Brichetta? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, who, you know, she considered a, like, almost like a father figure, I imagine. Um, you know, it. I think there was, like, the wording of, like, it felt like he essentially was like fattening up the calf so he could resell it. And she said that the fact that he resold it to someone who he knew, like she hated so much, just felt like a spiteful move. And the fact that she didn't know, like she knew when it broke right to everyone. And Scooter Braun, like even like shared something on his Instagram of like, of someone saying my f my best friend just bought Sco Taylor Swift, so like there's definitely like that kind of power oh, play man. of like oh you know he bought and now owns all the rights to Taylor Swift's works, which like I don't know it's like it's kind of messy because it deals with like the complexities of the music business and music ownership and all of that kind of thing and but essentially like Taylor Swift was was mad and I get it like it her music was sold out under her when and especially when she was wanting to negotiate and to you know to to own it herself which i think pulls up just like a whole lot of questions i mean a whole lot of points too with the way media even still perceives her because like 
then came more criticism of the fact of like, oh, well, Taylor says speaking so publicly about this. And there were a lot of like, I know Scooter Braun's wife was like, oh, will you publicly say anything to him, but you're not accepting his phone calls when it's like, no, like it's pretty obvious that Scooter Braun did things wrong to her and she has every right to dislike him, in my opinion, you know? And so like, I don't think she's allowed to have a response to something, you know? It's just messy. It's the messiest thing that... I truly don't even understand all of it, but I do know that was a really big deal to her that this lover era, um, this was the first album that she owned. And also too, I think it goes, shows another thing that Taylor Swift has always been an advocate for musicians owning their own works and musicians being compensated fairly. Like back in 1980, in the 1989 era, when Apple music came out, there was going to be a portion of that trial where musicians wouldn't, weren't going to be paid out for, that period of time so she did an open letter to apple music and pretty much said hey i'm not going to put my music on streaming unless you pay people fairly it's not about me it's about the bands you know the smaller bands who maybe rely on this and a lot of people were like oh she's so money hungry because she's not putting out her music on streaming services which i think it was really just her statement on the trying to make a statement on the fact that musicians are not being compensated fairly through these streaming services which like is a whole other conversation yeah that it's just I have a lot of opinions on but I don't know I think it's just a really cool aspect to Taylor Swift is that she is such an advocate in in artists owning their own work and being in control of their works it's obviously something she's very passionate about of you know just artists being compensated fairly which I appreciate I love it no definitely I think it's a good thing to advocate for obviously yeah. like uh-huh. if you're a musician then you want to be compensated fairly <laughs> and you should be yeah and it's continued like the fight for the masters obviously yes. into even now I think like just a couple weeks ago didn't more stuff mm-hmm. come out about that yeah somebody else bought the masters and there was like a day where they're like oh my gosh did Taylor Swift do it but in reality so it was a different like investment group who purchased them apparently that investment group reached out to taylor swift and was like hey like we want to work with you like we want to let you know we want you know scooter braun told us not to reach out to you before the purchase was made so we're doing it after which is crazy but essentially she realized that scooter braun would still be profiting off of her works within that deal that they made and so she said sorry like i don't want to be a part of it if scooter braun is getting any benefit for my works also another thing that she mentioned though too was that she started negotiating with scooter braun but a part of that was to that if she, to even start the deal she would have to like sign something that would pretty much say that she would never speak publicly about scooter braun again and apparently all of her lawyers were like the only other time that this type of thing will be there is in a like a sexual assault case type thing yeah and that it was like completely unprecedented like those type of things are not for these type of transactions. And so I think just from the very beginning, she was like, no, I'm not going to sign something that's going to silence me. Mm-hmm. So, so now she's re-recording her old music though, which, which I think is a cool way to just take back her power. Yeah. And it will be interesting. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm really curious about how that happens. Like if she's just going to do it all in one thing, like a giant, I know. here's every song I've ever written. I wonder if it's going to be like the greatest hits or if she's actually going to re-record every Every single single song. song. Yeah, I don't know. And like re-release all the albums. Yeah. 
I know what everyone's hoping for. She has said that she has a 10 minute version of All Too Well that was the original. And of course, everyone's like, when are we getting the 10 minute version? (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, it would be also really cool to maybe hear some of those songs from that bleach blonde era that <laughs> i know let's go <laughs> the missing that sixth been. album yeah I know. and since we brought that up <laughs> i know i'm sure whatever it is it'll be incredible Magical. yeah yeah and really cool so excited about that i'm excited too yeah and then um folklore it was kind of crazy it was announced and then released the next day Yes. Which she's never done. No, because she's usually so meticulous and plans out everything. And it's so. Yes. Like, I think for lover and reputation, she had like a whole Instagram thing, like a whole slew of posts before she even like announced what the album was. Yeah. Yeah. And she did like all the detail shots for lover and then like the snake videos for reputation. Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. just release things things but then she did <laughs> so beautiful i i said it before i think in a couple years it will be my favorite i hesitated to make it my favorite right now but like it's just so good yeah it's definitely very different i know a lot of people were like this isn't like the taylor swift that i know and love or whatever and they weren't like huge fans i kind of i'm all for it (laughs) me too but also because i just really love that genre of music too um that's what i think i think it's the kind of music i like but like with taylor swift songwriting mm -hmm. and so for me it's just like the perfect marriage of what i love yeah exactly like i thought it was a wonderful thing and kind of more of like a it fit the vibe of the year absolutely yeah where it was kind of like more low-key got you super into your feelings oh yeah (laughs) like I was feeling things I haven't felt in five years listening to that album like what happened here guess there's a lot of trauma I didn't deal with I just covered them up and now what listening to folklore I'm like "Mm, being exposed it's fine it's really beautiful um she also had a lot of explicit songs on this album which was she did which is new new yeah What's your favorite ones from folklore? Um, top favorite is the Last Great American Dynasty. Uh, I think we love talked about one. this earlier, yeah. but like, I just really love when she mixes like a historical story with yeah. her vocals. I think it works really well, and I wouldn't mind like an entire album based on different historical figures <laughs> written cool. by Taylor Swift. I also really, really want a music video for Last Great American Dynasty that'd be a good music video yeah um which i don't know if it will happen but but it'd be so good it would be amazing i i really love those songs that she writes and then um of course my tears ricochet oh that one's so good so freaking good um those are probably my top two i know a lot of like Mm -hmm. the most loved ones are like august and betty and everything and yeah they're good yeah august Mm -hmm. i like betty like i like betty but love august i love cardigan like that's the single so i feel like that's really basic but i like also feel like that's some of her best writing the lyrics and i also really love the song peace oh that one's good too like that one just like i don't know it's the other beyond lover i think that's like an invisible string oh I think mm-hmm. Lover, Invisible String, and Peace are, like, the best love songs I think she's maybe written ever. 
I love Invisible String. There's, it's so good. No, there's a lot of really beautiful songs on this album. And I love, like, the black and white photos back again after Reputation, mm-hmm. but, like, in a very, like, mystical like old-fashioned kind of way rather than like the bold angsty teenager kind of way (laughs) totally and also too let's like talk about the fact that folklore was a huge success oh yeah cardigan and folklore hit number one on the top 100 for songs and top 200 in albums she's the first artist to ever have both be like both debut as number one at the same time Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. It also broke the record for first day album streams for a female artist on Spotify. Yes. So. And this was all during what is still be qualified as lockdown? Kind of. Yeah. We were kind all of. kind of in quarantine. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of made it even more of a thing where I feel like everyone was talking about that for like yeah. a really long time. Like that was the news of like the month. <laughs> yeah, it's like Taylor is back. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she's back doing what she's best at, which is just songwriting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like folklore so much is because it just felt like it was all about the songs and it was all about the songwriting, which as a songwriter, like the song's king, you know? Yeah. Like, songwriting is what's most important to me. And it felt like that's just what's, what's what it was all about. And it's her strength. Like, that's what she's best at. Like, there's no denying that she is an incredible songwriter. And that's where her strengths lie, is in songwriting. So, beautiful, beautiful album. And I will say, one thing I really do enjoy is I know a lot of people were like, oh, I miss the old Taylor Swift, like the country music, and like that's where Mm -hmm. everything was. I actually really feel like her music has kind of matured along with me. yeah like yeah yeah like I'm younger than her so like it's not exactly the same age but like as my music tastes kind of change and I mature Mm -hmm. and everything else I kind of feel like hers does the same and so it always seems to fit like whatever era of life I'm in and I really love it the magic of Joseph though is I think a lot of people feel like they grew up with her but I also feel like it's like like I feel like my life even just like does it where it's like when I was fearless and speak now is when I was like in middle school and Mm -hmm. like you know still really awkward and like afraid of boys and like trying to figure myself out and then red in 1989 came out when I was in an off on again years long relationship and those albums just like brought me peace you know Mm -hmm. um reputation kind of came out in my quote-unquote angsty face (laughs) as angsty as I can get yeah but you know like (laughs) yeah it's embarrassing how not angsty it actually is (laughs) but I feel like it but also too it was also reputation came out right at the beginning of mine and Jordan's like starting to date Mm -hmm. which was like kind of like and reputation is a love story and then now lover and folklore like I feel like it's just it's crazy that it's like I feel like those albums have just kind of followed me along in my life's journey and Mm -hmm. and I think that's why so many people love it because I think that's so like we all like we both grew up on it and yeah like you said like our my music taste matured but I also think I kind of matured along with Taylor Swift too Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, like she stopped writing about high school when we were yeah. like done, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of one of those things where it always seems to match up with like the new chapter mm-hmm. of a lot of her fans' lives as well. And I think that that's kind of one of the magical things about her is that it always seems to just fit. And like it fits. It's it's there and it matches perfectly even though we didn't know that that was going to be the next phase (laughs) absolutely yeah (laughs) so it's just really nice love it okay here's some just overall achievements Mm -hmm. for taylor swift i got this i think from a wikipedia article i'm just gonna read it because let's just talk about what she's done yeah so taylor swift has won 10 grammy awards and emmy awards 32 American Music Awards, which is the most wins by any artist. 23 Billboard Music Awards, which is the most wins by a female artist. Seven World Records, Guinness World Records, which don't know what they are, but that's cool. 12 Country Music Association Awards, including the Pinnacle Award. Eight Academy of Country Music Awards and a Brit Award. And as a songwriter, she's been honored by the Nashville Songwriters Association and the Songwriter Hall of Fame and was the youngest person included on Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest songwriters of all time in 2015. At the 64th BMI Awards in 2016, Swift was the first woman to be honored with an award named after its recipient. She got the Taylor Swift Award. Mm -hmm. Um, Her albums read in 1989 are featured on Rolling Stone's 2020 revision of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Yeah. Which was so. a really big deal when they came out with that new list and everyone was like, yeah. they put Taylor Swift on it. <laughs> and I think they put Red rep greater than Repu- 1989, which is crazy because, yeah. yeah, that album just aged like fine red wine. Oh, so. seriously. <laughs> it's a really great album. But anyways, yes, there's Taylor Swift and just all she has done in her yes. life so far. And it's important to realize that, like, we're talking about her, yes, because we're fans of her, but also because we talk about historical women who are making a Mm -hmm. big difference within the world of art, and she's definitely one of those. (laughs) Absolutely. She has done a lot for the music industry as a whole and um, everything in general, and I think it would be really stupid of us to say that, like, she doesn't have any relevance because she has a lot And I think, like, obviously, like, growing up, Taylor Swift was such a role model for me as, like, songwriters. And I feel like, I know I'm not alone in that. Like, I feel like she definitely inspired a generation of up-and-coming women songwriters to, like, find power in telling their own stories, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's so powerful. And that's, like, what's the great thing about her work is that there are her own personal stories. And I think it just went on to encourage more women to, more girls to be like, yeah, I want to share my stories, you know, like that's what it is. And even kind of paved the way for a lot of female songwriters, I think, to take more initiative Mm -hmm. in being able to write their own songs and be like, no, like I'm going to write my music Um, Mm -hmm. and like letting that become a thing. So that is Taylor Swift. I hope you guys are fans of her. If not, go listen to her album (laughs) yeah just go listen a little bit longer (laughs) if not you're valid but in this you might be a little bit wrong 
And if you don't like her, just check and see if the, any of the reasons might have like some internalized misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it really comes down to like she just doesn't sing your favorite genre of music, then that's fine. That. But like that. if yeah. it's like a shallow reason, like, wow, she's just fake and needs attention, then maybe like listen to this again. <laughs> or her victim mentality. Like, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are recording this part separate from the rest of it. We had everything recorded and good to go. And then, what, like two days before our podcast came out? Yeah. <laughs> I woke up to a text from Stani being like, okay, so we're going to have to record something <laughs> else because she's releasing a new album. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah, that moment was nuts. We haven't even talked about Evermore at no. all in the previous podcast so the reason why is because we recorded everything before it was yeah. announced so we had to do a separate talk about evermore though because of course we did wow it's now like a there's now nine thing. taylor swift albums yeah. and who would have thought that after releasing folklore that she just would have like given us a whole other album a whole other album i know what? the biggest surprise of them all honestly. yeah and i honestly like it was really <laughs> really really shocking because it was like i kind of expected folklore a little bit not like a yeah. ton because it was like oh but then at the same time it's like oh we've been in quarantine all year like of course she sat down and wrote music like yeah like that makes sense yes. to me that she would have done that with her time but then to just like turn around and release a whole other album <laughs> Like four months later. Yeah. I'm like, was she planning on that the whole time? Or did she write all of these songs after Folklore was released? It's just kind of... I think she did. Yeah. I, that's what I'm understanding, at least, that afterwards they like just kept writing. And she's like, all right, well, we have more. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's do something with them. all these songs. Yeah. I do feel like the two are very comparable. And she did yes. call them sister albums. And I feel like I'll always think of them as together yeah kind of like a but not to like discredit evermore no it's beautiful because it definitely (laughs) exists like as itself yeah so i want to ask do you have one that you favor over the other i think i do favor folklore okay i think out of the two there's more songs that i'm like obsessed obsessed with on folklore yeah but at the same time, I feel like I've just gotten started with Evermore, yeah, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, ask me again in six months. But I don't know. Now I'm, like, thinking about, because at the beginning of part one, we did our album rankings. Yeah. And I don't know where Evermore fits into that I know. Yet. I think I need more time. Yeah. But I actually think that I like Evermore more than Folklore. Mm. Yeah. Like, I've listened to more of the songs and, like, have turned it on. Like, we talked about I'm not a huge, like, music person most of the time. Mm-hmm. I love it and I have to be in the right mood. But I listen to, like, a lot of podcasts and other content. So I don't usually, like, reach for music um, all the yeah. time. But I have been with Evermore. I've listened to a lot of the songs. When I'm, like, sitting there, I'll, like, turn it on. When I was, like, wrapping presents, I, like, turned it on. And I haven't done this since, like, 1989. I think I'm really loving it. I feel like it's really good just, like, easy listening music. Yes. That, But definitely. then at the same time, if you sit down and read the lyrics, it's like, what the heck? <laughs> like, <laughs> I will say, I think happiness is my new 
maybe not like my new all-time favorite taylor swift song but it's my new favorite lyric of hers okay what part um oh let me get the lyrics pulled up (laughs) because i i looked up and i was reading the lyrics on my first time listening through and i there was one part um where my jaw just dropped i was like how does she do this um well for one thing i love the message of it of like there'll be happiness after you but there was Mm -hmm. happiness because of you and both of these things can be true that there is happiness and it's just like yeah and like the so a couple lyrics from it that just i love like tell me when did your winning smile begin to look like a smirk Mm -hmm. when did all our lessons start to look like weapons pointed at my deepest hurt oh what and then the post chorus is really good um i mean the bridge um kind of like i can't make it go away by making you a villain i guess it's the price i paid for seven years of heaven i pulled your body into mine every night now i get fake niceties no one teaches you what to do when a good man hurts you and you know you hurt him too like i love that line yeah and my favorite part is like is the last part here where it's like after giving you the best i had tell me what give after that all you want from me now is the green light of forgiveness you haven't met the me the new me yet and I think she'll give you that like when I heard that I was just like whoa like that was so good these are seriously like a stunning songs mm-hmm. stunning yeah like the words of that song I think are my new like favorite Taylor Swift lyrics in a song yeah. no, the production sense. don't know if it makes it like my all-time favorite song song but like mm-hmm. top five I, I think it's beautiful. Oh, for sure. I really, really love that lyric where she talks about like, n- and no one tells you what to do when a good man, good hurts, man you. hurts you. Yes. Because it's so true. Like, yeah, <laughs> no one talks about like what happens when like, it's a good person. Who yeah. Does something. Cause like, it's easy to be like, oh, they're all like, bad they suck. And- they're a psychopath now or something, yeah. you know? But, like, good people make mistakes and hurt people, too. Like, that happens yeah. all the time. And I don't think that we have, like, great ways of coping with that as a society. Yeah, because <laughs> you're right. Like, I feel like people are pretty complicated. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can try and be a good person and still really hurt someone. And sometimes someone else can be just trying their best and still just really hurt you. And it just doesn't work out for different reasons. Yeah. And, like, it sucks. And it still it hurts. Does. Even though, like, you're, like, you can recognize, like, that person isn't the villain. But, like... I still am like this still sucks like yeah ah. there's this quote I love that says like you have to realize that sometimes you're the villain in someone else's story and you need to Mm -hmm. be okay with that yeah and I've always like thought about that and been like yeah you know like that's true like Like, yeah I sure am (laughs) like you may have total main character energy when it comes to your (laughs) own life but like sometimes you're the problem in someone else's life i am not the main character i am the (laughs) antagonist against the main character and that no you're right trying to be like a good person (laughs) but just the reality yeah that's life that's how it works and that's what i love about a lot of these songs i think she hits a lot of things that like just like life yeah and they're so beautiful i really love gold rush oh that's probably i think happiness and gold rush are my two top favorites they're just gorgeous i i also i love tis the damn season (laughs) and you want to know what it is a good thing i didn't have that song in 2016 because like (laughs) i didn't need any encouragement to go back to my high school boyfriend (laughs) so here's a like a word of advice 
as yeah. much as taylor swift is encouraging you to go back to your ex-boyfriend this holiday season don't do don't it you do know it. it will be a bad idea <laughs> even so though funny. that song makes that just that whole thing just so romantic you oh, know yeah. it's such a good story she tells there oh my gosh i think so this is something i mentioned to you but this mm-hmm. is kind of the album i was expecting with folklore totally yeah like this one that she released i think it's a lot more like story based if that makes mm-hmm. sense it sounds a lot more like folk tales totally and i i i love at first i didn't love cowboy like me but it's my latest obsession because it yeah. just like tells a super random story but like the lyrics are so good like my favorite lyric i think on the whole album I know I said that about happiness, but I've changed my mind every day. Is like <laughs> the skeletons in both our closets plotted hard to mess this up. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what? A, like boom! <laughs> like I just when I finally realized that's what she said, I was like, "Whoa!" Like that's a very yeah, good lyric. Gosh, I need to go back and like listen and like read all the lyrics. Yeah, and also well. yeah, it was super nice to like read it through and be like. It took me a couple listens, I think, to actually, like, get it all. Like, Mm -hmm. all the lyrics, but... And Marjorie. Marjorie made me cry. So good. Well, I was telling you on my Spotify one, my top song of the year was that song called Marjorie by Andrew Asala, I think. So Uh when I saw she had a song, Marjorie, on here, I was like, oh my gosh, it was the first one I listened to. Oh, it's so Yeah, I love it. And now I, like, want to name a kid Marjorie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I really, (laughs) I'm really, like, what if my daughter's middle name is Marjorie? I'm, like, it's not that it's named after Taylor Swift's grandma, because I feel like that's kind of Mm. creepy. But if I just name it after a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Mine would be after two songs now. I already had it on my, like, baby name list from the first song, because I just thought it was so beautiful. Marjorie. Oh, Marjorie, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, now I have to, right? It's a cute, <laughs> cute name. It is. And I feel like now with these albums, we have so much, like, name potential. You can name I your know. kid Betty, James, August. You could name every single one of Dorothea. your kids after a Taylor Swift song. You could. <laughs> Willow. It's so good. Willow. Mm-hmm. I like Willow. I do, too. Ivy. Ivy was a really good song. Actually, one of my favorite lyrics from that one. Um, is the let me see my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand Mm. like what also with willow she's released a couple what's it called um remixes of it and my favorite remix of it and i think my favorite version of willow is the dancing witch version oh and really? it's yeah it's by a producer elvira i think mm. is how you say it and she is actually a woman producer so wow there you that's go that's cool that is really cool yeah the music video is very different for that one too mm-hmm. for willow i liked it it was kind of low-key like she usually it was still like yeah. quite the production i mean like it was definitely <laughs> yeah. a production <laughs> but it was still like a little bit more relaxed than i feel like a lot of her others were and i really enjoyed it um also no body no crime oh my gosh can we talk about that (laughs) so first off not only is it like totally more country oh i love it so cool to see her kind of like 
it makes me want to? country taylor back a i know bit. like maybe she's gonna release a country album again i would be i'd be fine with that after yeah. nobody no crime oh my gosh it also gives me like goodbye earl vibes <laughs> oh i love goodbye yeah <laughs> Which I just love. Um, I just love songs like that. I just think they're fun. Like, yeah. They don't need to be like super deep or anything. They no. can just be really, really fun. fun. And it is. She like totally captured that. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally. I actually wrote a song, like a murder song. Like really? kind of like Nobody No Crime a couple months ago with some friends. And so we texted each other after. We're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I just have to be out there that if I ever release a song about murder, I swear I wrote it before and I heard Nobody yeah. No Crime. <laughs> also, I now also love the name Esty like a ton. Oh, so cute. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm having a hard time because now all my children are going to be named after Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Well, no, but it's good, though, because now I don't, I don't have to, like, name my daughter Taylor or Allison. Oh, yeah, like, go. I can be a little bit more subtle with, like, my, my naming my children oh, after my Taylor gosh. Swift. Yeah. No Body, No Crime is probably my top played song so far in the album. It's so cool. It's fun. It's so like, fun. Oh, my gosh. The lines, like, she says, that ain't my Merlot on his mouth. That ain't my jewelry on our joint account. No, there ain't no yeah. doubt. I think I'm going to call him out. I just, oh, my gosh. I love it. It's so fun. And that she mentions Olive Garden. So funny. I saw, like, a tweet that was, like, now she's going to get free breadsticks for life. Apparently, I saw that she just, like, texted Esty, her friend, mm -hmm. and was like, hey, what's your favorite chain restaurant? And she's she like, you, like won't know you won't know why for a couple weeks, but what's your favorite chain restaurant? I guess they just said Olive Garden and now here we are that's so funny I bet Olive Garden's so happy I know I think all this free advertising they got <laughs> I know they made it I um, know a question I have about it though is that does Taylor have a boating license that she got when she was 15 now or is that, that part is of the, the question because I'm very curious now I'm like hmm I mean I imagine it's rich it's part of the story but also Probably. like what if she has a boating license? I know, right? Like, didn't what she if, have a boat that they'd go out on all the time or something when the paparazzi was really bad? I do not know the answer to that question, but I, I would like to know. I know. I'm very curious about it. Yeah. I wonder what's coming next, because I wonder if Taylor Swift is going to continue in this, like, singer-songwriter world for a while. Because I feel like it'll feel weird if she goes back to doing, like, lover-type albums again. yeah like it'll true. feel really weird but mm -hmm. i but she also she just changes it up every time so i know i kind of just like never know she'll head in this direction maybe a little bit further even yeah i could see like an even more like hosier bon bonnie bear type mm -hmm. and these already are already kind of that vibe but maybe like, like evermore enclosure yeah maybe like it'll it. be even more so I know. I'd be I'd be down for that. I'd be down for experimental Taylor Swift. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if all of a sudden she switches and it's heavy metal. But oh, I, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I honestly, I'll be there no matter what. <laughs> I know. As I'd long, still listen. I'd still listen. She'd get it. I'd get she'd get my support. Also, another cool thing that came out just this last weekend is Taylor Swift was named Apple Music's Songwriter of the Year. So mm -hmm. she, there's like an hour long interview that she does with Zane Lowe about it all. Oh, it's cool. So cool. I watched it live. I would like everyone should go watch that. It's super cool. And I think it like really is a cool window and just to like 
who she is as a songwriter but like kind of where she's been mentally with her music and like yeah. it was just a really really cool interview and a really that interviewer i feel like he's the best like he's a great interviewer and the questions he asked taylor are super in-depth and like give really cool she gives really good answers to them so that's go awesome. watch that after you yeah. listen i'll think about this taylor swift content if you haven't listened to the albums go listen to him go I watch know. the hour-long <laughs> interview miss americana there's so many yeah. things you need to all go partake of now there's also i haven't seen it yet but they have the long pond studio oh. sessions for folklore too i hope they have one forevermore because so good yeah i'm loving evermore like so much like more than i thought i would <laughs> No, yeah. Because I, like, loved Folklore, but, like, I'm really loving Evermore. Evermore. It might make it up to, like, my top favorite album in a couple of months. I love it. I do, too. I love it so much. I'm so, I'm so stoked. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, now I just have another album to, like, know the ins and outs of and, like, fall in love with different songs. Mm-hmm. Like, Champagne Problems is another oh, one that was my favorite for a second. That's at the top of my list, too. So good. Yeah. And long story short, yeah. that one's really good, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, my They're gosh. They're just okay. good. I just thought, though, I have to tell this little story just so I can just air out my frustration. So my sister-in-law texted me the day after Folk and Evermore came out. And she was telling me about how someone in one of her lab classes, she's like a biology major, so very smart. But anyways, um, was talking. They were so she, I think she brought up, I think what she said is she brought up that Taylor Swift brought a new, released a new album, asked if anyone listened. And one of the guys in the group was like, I don't really like Taylor Swift. And she was like, oh, why not? And he was like, oh, because I'm a really serious musician and I like to analyze music. And, and she was like, oh, and she's like, so who do you listen to then? And his answer was, I really like Bruno Mars, which listen, <laughs> No shade to Bruno Mars, but if you think that you are too good of a musician to listen to Taylor Swift, like you better be only listening to Beethoven or Mozart, you know, like you better only listen to classical music. Oh my gosh. Like I like Bruno Mars, but like Bruno Mars makes pop songs. Yeah. It's like the same genre. And I don't think his lyrics are like near as meaningful or like... And so I told her, I was like, you know what? You can tell him that there are songs literally in 5-4 and 5-8 on this new album. Like, if it's not musically interesting enough for him, like, hmm, he can just, like, check his misogyny at the door because, like, oh my gosh. that just is so annoying. That's hilarious to me. Like, what? I know. Yeah, I'm, like, really hung up on, like, how do you analyze Bruno Mars music? <laughs> No, like, I don't mean it in a mean way, but, like, I really, I don't think I've ever, like, sat down and been, like, oh, the deep meaning behind this Bruno Mars song. I mean, like, Grenade's great. Like, eighth grade me was feeling that. Uh, Yeah. But, like, I mean, it was pretty transparent what it was about. I didn't need, like, a minute to think about it. I know. (laughs) Okay. I actually went back to the text that she sent me, and I'm just going to read it because it's even better than what I remembered. 
So she said, I'm at the research lab and I asked the people here if they listen to the Taylor Swift album. And this one kid said he doesn't like Taylor Swift because he is a quote unquote musician himself and he likes to analyze music. So he doesn't like songs that are unoriginal or boring to listen to or just like any other pop song. And I said, but Taylor Swift's so versatile though. And he said, is she really though? And I asked him who he likes to listen to. And he said, Bruno Mars and Pharrell Williams. Ha ha ha. I need you to be here to argue with him about Taylor Swift because I don't know enough. (laughs) Pharrell Williams and Bruno Mars. Are you kidding me? Unoriginal? Not versatile? Ma'am, like, sir, she just, three different genres she just seamlessly just like put herself into. And she's just getting started, dear sir. From lab what? class. <laughs> like, happy is a bop, but, like, I've never sat and thought deeply about what it yeah. meant or anything. And here's the thing. Like, he could have just so easily said, oh, I prefer music with more R&B soul influences. And Taylor Swift doesn't really have that. And it'd be like, fair. Okay. We're yeah. allowed to have our tastes. But he just had to. He had to be yeah. like, I don't like unoriginal, not versatile music. Where it's like, no, it's not a good excuse. It's not a good excuse. Who knows? Maybe she'll come out with an R&B album next. Oh, I'm ready. I mean, if anything, there's False God on... That's true. On Lover. That's the closest thing she's done to <laughs> R&B. Oh, my gosh. That's Anyways, it just cracked me up. And there it just goes that no matter what Taylor Swift does, she will always get unfair criticism. But mm-hmm. she's a genius. Yeah. So it's definitely okay to like not like her music. Like if that's how you are and you just really don't, that's fine. Like everyone yeah. has different tastes, but like I just don't think you can sum it up to like unoriginal, untalented or any of that because it's like like give me true. a break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just not possible at this point. That's just not true. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Had to share that one little story and i also felt really good that she was like i need you here i'm like oh i'd be there i will i will defend her to my death like i will make sure i will preach the good name of taylor swift oh my gosh that's so funny anyways now that we have an extra half hour to add on to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) we had to a whole other album we had to now I'm like, Man. dang, too bad we can't just talk about Taylor Swift every week on here, but <laughs> that's okay. We've got that's other okay. content. <laughs> we do. And also, I was going to say that I know a lot of Swifties have been listening to part one and part two, and I am so happy you are here because we are absolutely kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. But we also hope you stick around. We do mm-hmm. have some really cool content coming up. And I mean, we just talk about women artists in general that haven't been getting the credit they deserve so taylor yeah. swift fits in that and we have plenty of others so we do hope you yeah. stick around stick around learn more about people like taylor swift in the past absolutely go listen to evermore yeah go listen to evermore and tell us what you think honestly like if everyone who listens to these podcasts if you just like want to hop in our dms and if you just like want to talk about your favorite taylor swift album and like dissect it with me I welcome that. Oh, yeah. Welcome. Please come into our DMs. Let's just like talk about Taylor Swift. I'm always open for Taylor Swift discussions. So yeah, Sadie's really, really good at analyzing lyrics too. So if you want to like dive in super deep to like what they all mean and everything, she's totally good at that. I'm very down. And I will read them all and enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have to chime in. (laughs) Wish I could write songs. Do it. 
I like did when I was little. I would write them for fun. I just, <laughs> I yeah, I haven't ever really tried to like seriously do it. Probably because I don't ever want to like write the music to one because that sounds really. So maybe I'll just write poems. And we can write poems <laughs> and then I'll put them to music and we'll okay. Good plan. We'll we'll have a we'll have a band called More Than a Muse. Separate from the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Then I can get out some angst. I'm sure it's like therapeutic in a lot of ways, right? Oh, absolutely. Because you get to like chop up past relationships and like make Yeah. I mean, here's me two years into a very happy marriage still writing songs about my high school boyfriend. So like you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. I mean, knowing you at that time, I can understand why. (laughs) Like... (laughs) probably cause some um leftover drama <laughs> that's one good thing i'm i got married really young but like don't worry my early relationships got me enough songwriting material for the rest of my life yeah she's scarred enough guys <laughs> thanks you're welcome I, I don't know i feel like they got like low-key roasted but it's okay i appreciate it <laughs> okay well anyways oh man tune in next week guys we have a fun episode coming out next week i hope you've enjoyed our taylor swift talk i have obviously i have and don't forget to rate review subscribe follow join us on patreon all the things follow us on instagram and tiktok yeah and on tiktok we're trying to boost our presence there we're here we're creating content end of the year and we're excited about the new year next year will yes. be our first full year of more than a muse and i'm so excited i know i too am so excited so okay see cool. you guys goodbye bye Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.